Man, did I have a ball talking to Eric Sherman, one of the principal founders of Specialized Engineering Solution, an engineering firm that specializes in healthcare industry. Eric is one of the funniest people I know. He's also one of the most successful business people I know. And it all starts when he got caught up on the roof as an eight or nine-year-old in Ashland, Nebraska, and his babysitter had to call his mom and say, get on down. But it was that kind of risk-taking that has helped him to become a very successful entrepreneur, starting with just six employees, now today with over 100 employees, and he's nationwide with his engineering firm. You're going to love this. He has so many lessons from the empathy that he has with his employees to how working in the trades in 1994 made him a better engineer and really focusing on the why. Why does he do what he do and making sure that he can convey that to his employees. It was a blast. It was fun. We bounced off the walls. Enjoy this episode of Leadership Lessons from Mayberry. Well, I'm telling you, this is who knows where this is going to go. I'm with Eric Sherman today, um, the owner of Specialized Engineering Solutions. But we always start, Eric, and this is, again, when I say buckle in, let's buckle in here. We always start with what your Mayberry is. And your Mayberry is Ashland, Nebraska. That's where you grew up. Yeah, Boyd Street. Yeah, Boyd Street. I got to hear about the days. What was it like? What was it like? Uh, You know, I don't, it it was fun, you know, riding your bikes around and, and looking for something to do. And, you know, everything in my world was two blocks away. You know, my best friend, Brett, was two blocks away. My mom worked two blocks away. And so... Yeah, started started that. Yeah, you know, it, it, one of those towns where, you know, there's a lot of good, but there's probably a few things you can do to find a little mischievous yeah, trouble, a little, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, any any of those you care to share? Um, Some of those fun days and, uh, you know. Well, I, I know we had a babysitter one time and we convinced her that uh, mom let us get on the roof all the time. So we were up running around on the roof of the house <laughs> and, and the neighbors were calling my mom at work and... It's not a great babysitter. Like, I mean, who believes that? I was going to say, I guarantee you, she was asking for double pay. Having you guys, you and Adam, your brother. Yeah. It was more containment. That's what I always say. It was There was active parenting, and then it, it was containment at, at some periods of time. Yeah. You know what I love about that story is, having grown up in Ashland as well, I know how everyone kind of looks out for each other. Yeah. And and here you've got enough neighbors feeling comfortable yeah. to pick yeah. up the phone and, and call your mom at work and yeah. say, hey, got to get it. these boys down. Yeah, <laughs> that, that probably had its, its advantages, but also its disadvantages. But talk about that sense of community in Ashland growing up. Yeah, you know, you, know, you never felt like, you know, you always felt like there's people there for you and, yeah. and the community did a great job. And, you know, a lot of my first jobs, you know, um, Lee Sapp at Lee Sapp Ford and Holden Smith with Gina Judy. And, and um, you know, you never you, you never were really looking for anything. You always had people there ready to help you out. And, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Good experience. Sports, I know, played a big role in your life. Yeah. You were a tough football player. You put your head in there. Uh, you know, t- talk about the influence that, that sports played. Maybe even some of those coaches you had yeah. growing up. So I always, I always tell my kids I was an average athlete at a below average athletic program. So <laughs> when people say you're good, take that with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, probably most influential was, was Tom Anderson as a coach. And, 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 you know, as I coached later, which I loved, and I, and I, and I probably learned just as much coaching kids as I did, you know, in business life. Um, but, you know, the thing I loved about Tom was his philosophy, and that was, you know, we're going to be here for two hours. 
and I don't, we can run for two hours or we could be really focused and do a lot of things in two hours. I, I love that as a coaching philosophy. He's very disciplined, which that team needed. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about your football team. Yeah, Tommy yeah. went on, of course, to be a football player, or I should say before that, he played he football at Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, he was an administrator, and I, he runs facilities now at Blair. So, yeah. 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 So you brought some of that, do you think, into your business world? Absolutely. What you learned from him? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think sports teaches leadership, and it teaches teamwork, and it teaches, you know, I, I was under the misconception as a young athlete that, it was about me and, and the team isn't about you, right? It isn't about your personal success as, as a mediocre football player. It was, it was about, you know, winning games. And, and uh, I learned that probably my senior year when I, you know, got hurt and was on the line and did what I could, you know, at that point. So, did yeah. you alignment? Uh, well, I started the season as, as a uh, running back, but in it as alignment because I had some injuries on my yeah. leg. And, yeah. So yeah. what was that transition like? I mean, look, as, as a ball carrier, you know, you, you're, you're up on, well, of course there was no Twitter back then, but you're up in lights, right? <laughs> Everyone's saying he, he carried 10 times for 97 yeah, years. Nobody said then that. you go, <laughs> that didn't hit the paper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was more like, uh, he got six, six, <laughs> maybe six yards. Yeah. Six carries for six yards. That's not bad. <laughs> but then you go to this really unselfish role of being a lineman, I mean, was it, was it a big transition or was it uh, easy for you? Not, not really. I mean, at that point I'd, I'd kind of matured again. I'd learned my, my sophomore year and stuff like that. I'd, I'd kind of learned that that's, that that's more what it's about is, is the team and less about me. And so it was a good lesson. I think, you know, it's probably one of the best lessons I got from sports. I was talking to coach Thompson the other day, coach Ryan Thompson of, of Ashland Greenwood. And he said, quarterback and lineman, oh, lineman two of the smartest position players on a football field. Did you feel that way? Oh, yeah. Did you? <laughs> or was it just, I'm going straight ahead and knocking them we back? We didn't have a complex offense. <laughs> power power I, right. I pulled sometimes and I blocked straight ahead. That was, that was I think, it. <laughs> we were like three pass plays. You know, it's not like we were, we were doing, you know, the run and gun. It's a little amazing what they do today, isn't it, with spread offense? Oh, my gosh. It's night and day. And the athleticism and, yeah. you know, all of that. Yeah, totally different. Totally well, different. yeah. I love uh, hearing those stories of you growing up in Ashland. And, you know, you, you had so many, it sounds like an idyllic, you know, childhood growing up. But you also had to deal with something that no kid wants to deal with. When you were eight, you lost your dad. Yeah. And uh, very suddenly. And, and you, you shared with me, this was, you know, a, a big moment for you in, in, in teaching you so much about life. But first, let's start with just losing your father and then you know, what you learned, you know, and, and, and how it shaped you yeah. from that moment. I mean, it sucked, right? You know, that's yeah. a, that's a horrible thing. And, and my brother was a little bit older. He probably bared more of the brunt of that. And, um, you know, that I, you, you know, you, you look back and all, all those cumulative things that occur in your life kind of make you who you are. And I would say most likely the, you know, the biggest element there was just the independence. You know, you didn't have somebody there to do things for you. And as great as my uh, brother was and my mom was at, at being there, there's still, you know, something you have to figure it out. So, if you know, that, that shaped me. It also, you know, you also pick up, you know, if you do research on that trauma and stuff like that, you pick up, um, like, I'm compulsive. Like, you know, so when I'm, when I'm working, I'm compulsive about working. And when I'm doing a project at home, I'm compulsive. And, you know, that's, that's probably hard on my wife at times because my mind doesn't really slow down and, and that yeah. type of thing. But, um, you know, she's, she, she deals with it. She's yeah. great, patient. You got an amazing wife. She is, um, yes. and, and kids, and we'll talk about them in a little bit yeah. too. 
One thing that obviously you saw as well, and, and you said, this is not always easy to talk about, but your mom, uh, she stepped in, obviously had two boys to raise. And I mean, to tell you what a role model and what a champion. She goes, she gets her degree. She ends up working 50 years at a bank. She gets on the board of directors. Talk about that influence and watching her work through all of this. Yeah, I mean, nobody should outwork you. Like that's the, that's one of the things I tell my kids is, you know, the, you know, work ethic and just, you should, you should never, there's no excuse for getting outworked. And she's probably the, the biggest example of that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I imagine you take those lessons with you every day yeah. from what you learn from her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this was in a time too, where women being on a bank board and, and that sort of thing, kudos to farmers and merchants bank of Ashland for, for moving her. Yeah. <laughs> and a sponsor. <laughs> Got to give that plug. <laughs> You, you saw it. <laughs> Dynamite drop-ins. Yeah. <laughs> but that had to even make you even more proud. Yeah. For, yeah. For, happy for her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, the other thing is like she never missed a sporting event. Adam and I were in a lot of things. And as the people from Ashland would know, like, you know, we got into trouble a lot. And uh, and she had to deal with that. So, sorry. You know. <laughs> After all these years, she finally hears sorry. She's probably like, you know, my kids don't get in trouble. She's like, oh, really? You know? (laughs) Not not an ounce of that you have to deal with? (laughs) For those people listening, wondering trouble. Listen, I mean, yeah, you were honoring. You had spunk. But how much did that help you? I mean, that spunk and that, and even getting into a few scrapes here and there. I got to imagine you pulled some lessons out of that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've never been super like risk adverse i you know i've always kind of i'll figure it out right i'll figure yeah. it out i'll figure it out oh this is you know, this one's gonna be tough to figure out but um you know that that's just maybe a personality thing and and yeah you know that's kind of what what came from from that and i would say you know dave lutton helped me out pro bono <laughs> uh during that the time attorney in town. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thanks, oh. and uh it, i mean again the community did i i think they you know recognized and 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 did a great job of stepping up and taking care of me. people at the bank, you know, all, all the kind of the community leaders and a lot of people within the community were, were really, really good to us and our family. Yeah. yeah that's what I love about Ashley. Well, we, we're going to transition. And by the way, Eric, we're going to be all over the place. Yeah. I laugh and say, that's I have my style. ADHD. You, you say you might have just a tinge of it. So we're going to bounce around. Yeah. You good, good with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off. I love it. You, you said to me, I graduated in 1994. Here's a guy. You have built an incredible business that we're going to talk about. But I love when you sent me this email. I graduated in 1994 from high school with no particular honors. <laughs> so <laughs> you kind of just got through, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's got to say Could have worked harder. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. got to say to a lot of folks out there, it, it isn't what you do in high school, right, that defines you. Yeah. So did you have a sense in 1994 that, that the big things were up? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. What no. was your plan? No. In 94, what were you thinking? Grind through college. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I did recognize the fact that college was a, a really large financial obligation and that, you know, you might as well get something out of it. And um, I had uh, partied a ton in high school and I didn't as much in college. Um, it was it was time to get a degree and get through it and grind through it. And I was I was definitely an engineering man. I was like bottom bottom third in terms of IQ and, and, you know, an ACT score and all that stuff. So, um, it was, it was tough. Like it was, and that's what I always tell engineering students today is, 
it's it's a it's a little bit about how smart you are, but it's it's really just how subject to pain, you know, how how much you can grind and yeah. just if you become a problem solver, and once you become a problem solver, then it starts you start to get it and start to roll through. But it was really tough for me to, to get through that school. And I interrupted you, but you had to have a moment where you thought I, I, I'm going to stop. Oh yeah, did you? Well, I never I never had a moment. I never had a moment where I didn't think I was going to do it. Yeah. Like, I hate that they do this. Like, at engineering school, they used to. They, you get in there and they'd say, look to your left. Look to your right. One of you, you know, only one of the three of you are going to be here. And I was like, well, sorry, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never verbalized that. <laughs> I, I should have. I should have. Uh, they were like, uh, I would have carried uh, through the rest of school. But, um, <laughs> but I never thought I wouldn't do it. But there were there were moments when... I, you know, I thought like, I'm, I can't get this. I got to figure out how to get through this class because I literally can't understand this. And so, you know, you try to really do good in other things because you just know that you're not going to figure that out. And so you, you know, get, you get a B or whatever. And so, right. Yeah. So you fight through it. You go, you, you get through college. By the way, and nuclear engineering, don't do that. You got to understand. We were just talking about this last day. Everything about that. Right. <laughs> Because if you mess up, you're in trouble. There's a few ramifications in that. <laughs> Thoroughly understand nuclear engineering. You better Chemical be a 4 yeah. Eh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't go that route. Um, but I love that you go mechanical engineering. I'm mechanical. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But here's the deal. In 1994, you start working in the trades, you know, working yep. on piping and sheet yep. metal With my and refrigeration. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so and, and stepdad Steve. Yep. Um, Talk a little bit about how that helped you. It was great. It was great because I understood kind of the fundamentals, how things got pieced together, which is a, it was something that, you know, sometimes people that come out of engineering school, go into consulting that never lived that don't understand kind of how the work site works and, you know, how, how some of the actual component components work. And so it definitely accelerated, you know, my understanding of what I needed to do. So it connected the dots in some ways for you. Plus, yeah. Plus, it was hot and it was crappy and it was on roofs and it was mm-hmm. pulling compressors and it was cutting your hands and it was like I was like I don't want to do that the rest of my life right, right. so it was reinforcement to stay in school I love it yeah. so you go from that obviously you get your degree you come out you start getting into the business you know obviously you're working for you know a company but then in 2005 something trips your trigger I mean you take that leap that so many entrepreneurs do. Uh, walk me through what motivated you to say, I'm stepping out from a guaranteed payday to starting this endeavor yeah. called Specialized Engineering Solutions. This is going to be an anticlimactic moment right here. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> there isn't some, <laughs> some big thought bomb going no, on I, I was, uh, I, had, I, had, I had never, ever wanted to do that. I had never wanted. I always loved the, the, the thought that I could just drag up and go somewhere else, right? That was a real freeing thought to me. And that if I was in ownership, like I was like, oh, I can never leave, you know. Um, but I was doing a job with my partner now. And, uh, and you know, I was like, you know. We should just, you know, it was kind of just like, we should just do our own thing. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what did I do? You were hoping he'd say no. <laughs> now, now I've got to, like, work on this while I'm working on it. So, so that was really it. And it was about, like, I had a history teacher, and I've never vetted this, but, but, you know, she always said that George Washington is very admirable, right? But he wasn't, like, super smart. He was just really great at getting the right people in the room and getting everybody's opinion and so so that was like well i just need a good team like i don't have to be everything to this i just need a really good team and so 
um, you know, we just thought through what what would that team look like, and 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 launch with a really good team. So you you launch with six people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, and you you know, you and I were having a great conversation before we went on today about you know, your one of your key partners and just how you guys have. You know, you're both different in your leadership Very. styles. Yeah. Was that, again, something that you're like, this is perfect, we can play off each other? Or was it just, like, again, as no, simple we, as saying? Yeah, we, we, it was, it was kind of cool because we went, to, we interned together. We engineered together. We had the same role kind of growing through it. So it, we were very comfortable with each other and, and you know, kind of respected what, what each other did. Um, definitely, he had a skill set that I didn't possess um, way, way better, um, in the in bi- what way? In business minded, very business minded and, and, um, just very organized and detailed and managerial and that type of thing. And yeah. there was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this guy, no, no, <laughs> you had those interpersonal skills. I would imagine the sales and marketing also probably flowed through you a yeah. little bit. Am I, yeah. am I right yeah. on that? Yeah. And before we get too far ahead, this is where I say we're bouncing around. Everyone's got to know, tell me about specialized engineering solutions. What is it that you guys do? So um, it's very technical. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> just, just try it. I won't. I don't even. But they know. will. So <laughs> um, we're an engineering consulting firm. We specialize in uh, healthcare engineering. So um, you know, we we work uh, probably. I mean, we have a very huge breadth of, of what we do. But um, to boil it down, you know, we design the components that build the hospitals for the most part. Right. Um, we do some other some they do labs and other healthcare related areas, but work a ton for the VA. So we design mechanical, electrical, telecommunications, fire protection, life safety, medical gas, everything except for the architecture and the structure that goes in hospital systems. And we do it all over the country. So when you started this. Again. You totally, you totally understand. Yeah, 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 I, I, I get it. <laughs> Got it. I could, you I could join the blueprints app. now. So that's <laughs> all I needed. You did a good job. <laughs> There's that sales and marketing. So when you put it together, again, how strategic is it that this is where we want to go? I mean, did, did you know immediately this is this is the space we were going to be in? Did yeah. it take some talking? Um, that that was my partner Tracy for sure. You know, um, the discussion was you know, where we were at, we were designing all types of facilities. And I had amazing experiences. I got to work on Memorial Stadium. I got to work on um, in Offit and, you know, some that type of thing. Got to do really fun stuff. But we were also doing hospitals. And we felt like there was a niche just to do, you know, just to really mm-hmm. focus and concentrate on hospitals because regulatory requirements for engineering of hospitals is kind of its own animal. It, yes. And, and you know what? I can. I, that's the other part to it. Did that ever... Uh, discourage you when you're like, look, I've got all these regulatory. This makes it even more complicated. Uh, or security. did you feel like yeah. it was more niche? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I underst- understood them and and you know got through them pretty quick. And and um, you know, it, again, I think it, the 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 problem was, and and the and the firm I was, I was great, and the people were great, and and I got a lot of exposure, and it really accelerated, you know, me being a good engineer, and I still really love interacting with those people that I grew up with, you know, in that part of my career with. Um, but you know, on 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 the side of of it moves kind of quickly. So if you do an emergency department and then three movie theaters and stadium and then back to an emergency department, so much had changed in between. In between, so you know, you just stay current with everything that's going on. You're doing, you know, we can do an MRI faster than a strip mall. That's kind of right. how we do it. So yeah. So you start with six one office. And today, of course, you have over 100 employees, you have multiple locations throughout the country. But I want to back up a little bit and say, when did you know 
that this thing was going to be a hit? Where was that moment when you're like, look, I think we've got something here? When you called me for a podcast. <laughs> it was just last week. <laughs> what? <laughs> Man. I made it. You, 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 that's exactly right. <laughs> I'm here. I've arrived. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that we've ever felt that way. It, the, you know, we are, we are competitive and, and we're, we push and push and push and push. And there's been all these great things. Some of them luck, right? Some of them, you know, rightly positioned. Some of them, you know, most of them, all of them really great clients and great experiences with clients. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're just kind of here now. Right. And we want to be here this year and that's what we're focused on. And next year we're going to focus on what we need to be there. And so did you have like a, a three and five year where you say, Hey, yes. look, in two years, yeah. I want to be out multiple locations. And you had that kind of strategic plan. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't, we more find markets that we think are good markets and we move into those and, and we don't force growth for the sake of growth. We force, you know, we, we move it, move into areas where we think that there's, there's a, there's a, an interesting story about a, 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 a tech company that sold to a, to a larger tech company. And he talks about, um, I, I think I read this in a book or maybe it was a podcast, but, um, that, that he, that his dad was, a was a, a teaching him how to play poker and he tried to get really, 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 really good at playing poker. And what he found out was instead of getting good at playing poker, he should get really good at finding bad poker players <laughs> and just play poker against bad poker. And, and I'm not saying there's bad engineers, but, but there's markets that are softer. Right. And so we focus a lot more on trying to not force our way into markets that are already loaded with really great consulting firms and markets that are emerging that don't have as you know, solid of consulting basis. So how did that evolve? So when you start out, I would imagine you had one little niche and then you're smiling. So tell me, where did you go? When did you, what was like the first additional market that you're like, Hey, we can get into this. Um, well, we were working all over the country from Omaha, right? We were starting to pick up a lot in Denver and it was a quality of life thing. So like I was running 30 hour days working in Denver. So you drive out there, you do your work because flights would always be messed up and then you'd come back, but you had to be back for your stuff in Omaha. It got, it got pretty rough. So, um, so that market was opening. We had opportunity. We're getting, so that, that was the, first logical market. Now, when we, when we merged with the firm from, from that market, they actually had a, an office in Charlotte that was doing fantastic. So it kind of came with the deal. And then we started looking at that market and then we became a little better at starting offices, places and that type of thing. Yeah. So are you more instinctive? I mean, does it take a oh, yeah. time to process? <laughs> I believe this. Yeah. So th this is a, a huge lesson. I, I interrupted you. No, I'm no, sorry. no, you're I good. Horrible. No, keep going on. Yeah. Cause I, no, um, this is a lesson I learned because you know, I, I, I try to be a careful communicator and, um, and patient. And I, I try to think of things as, you know, how would you feel? How would this person feel if I was saying the same thing, right? Trying to put yourself in that. But what I learned was in, in an engineering firm, we did personality profiles and the whole firm is here and I'm over here. Like I'm not at all like the people that I'm working with. I am a quick start. I am you know, I don't take a lot of time to analyze things. I move into things. I kind of figure it out as I go. And almost all engineers are processors. They, they need time. They need to internalize. They need to weigh all the things. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely one of the things that my partner and I are very opposite personalities. And so 
I'm always looking at it from one point of view and he's looking at it for the other, but we're, we're completely aligned in philosophy and morals and ethics, you know, that type of thing. And so, um, it, it you know, that, that's what really, I think brings us together. That's what I wondered about. Yeah. I mean, you've got honestly a very, uh, when I say instinctive, you, you, you have that sales, right. Personality you, you, because you were like, Hey, this is it. It feels good. My gut says this is where we should go. But then you've got a partner, right? Who probably puts the, the, the yellow sign up and says, let's, let's talk it through. How does that interaction, I imagine you guys as, as well as you've done, this is built into a wonderful interaction where you trust each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, they're, yeah, probably one of the best things is that is that you know he manages the business side of it. He manages the federal government work. Um, he manages operations and stuff like that. I trust him implicitly to do that, so I don't spend much time. You know, he'll if there's something that I need to know, he'll bring me up to speed on it. And then the same thing with you know with working with clients and trying to gain market and that type of thing. Um, he just kind of lets me lets me go with that, and I let him know what he needs to know. You know, at certain periods of time. But yeah, yeah, it's a partnership that works really well. All right. The other thing that you do is you do, as you can tell, and folks that are watching this, they can tell. We're on TV. You would be, <laughs> and you didn't know that <laughs> no, until no, this no. morning. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was all audio. Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why we do a one shot on you, by the way. Um, but you have a personality that is, I mean, it's, it's infectious. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's infectious. So you do a lot of speaking as well around the country. How has that helped? And, and is that something you'd recommend to business? Owners? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, so my, the speaking I do is almost all technical speaking. So it's like none of, it's none of, it's very, very boring. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I not believe that? No, it is like it's really tough. Like I've even said, like when I speak, like I'm trying to make this interesting, but it, it just you know we just have to talk about numbers and details and stuff like that. So yeah. um, it, it, it's important, you know the what, you know when you one of our core values is industry leaders, right? And to be an industry leader, you can't necessarily just keep pace. You actually have to set pace, you know, in certain elements. And so yeah. you know being out there and interacting and and speaking and. Um, so, you know, I've done a lot with biocontainment, you know, discussions of that, some federal government stuff, some emergency management with respect to healthcare facilities. See, it's getting boring. Yeah. Then you're like, <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and people need to know this, yeah. but I have to imagine that's attracted some, some clients to you as well. That's just a natural yeah, part you, where you, you can get, you leverage your, your skills. But, but I'll be honest. I mean, a lot of that is like our obligation to the healthcare sure. community, right? So, um, you know, education within the healthcare community is, is paramount. And, you know, just as I said, like, like there's things that we see that are changing every day. If you're running a hospital and, and your you know, your job is everything from the security to, to operating the hospital. And there's all sorts of compliance that you, you can't keep track of it also, you know, there's some obligation from firms like us to be out there and helping them to stay in front of those things. Yeah. As if people haven't already learned enough, um, and I, we're going to keep learning because one of the things I think you bring to the table that's that is fascinating, and every business owner wants to know is how do you get that sustained growth? You didn't go from six employees to over a hundred and a nationwide presence without sustained growth. So, yeah. was there a strategy? What is the strategy? What could you give to a business owner to say, "I want that twenty, thirty, forty percent growth every year"? Yeah. Um, so. so- our, our growth numbers, we don't arbitrarily set them, right? We don't come in and say, for the sake of growth, we're going to be X, Y, Z. We see, we say, here's a market that's good. Here's a client that works for us. 
you know, here's people we like to work with. Here's what our staff can handle, which is, is probably one of the bigger issues right now. And then, and then we arrive at, you know, some number based on that. And then we back into strategy after that. So, you know, if, if, um, and, and some years we focus more on, you know, like there's been a couple of years and this will be one of those years where we're going to internalize a little bit and, and because you grow and then you're, and then you're, you know, all your stuff doesn't keep up your HR policies, your, um, you know, your technical, you know, your quality review process. So then you fix that, right. You get that back kind of where it needs to be and then you're ready and you grow again and then you got to adjust that and then you grow again and then you got to adjust that. So, you know, we're, we're in the phase right now of, of, of going, you know, kind of back into some of our, our documentation policies and stuff like that on the, on the design side and making sure that those are rock solid and then retraining our team on those. Yeah. So let me see if I got this straight. Most companies come out and say, I want a 20% growth. This is going to be our number and here's how we're going to get there. Yeah. It sounds like you guys do that on the flip side. You yeah. say, the flippity flop. <laughs> you just flip flopped on me. <laughs> you go, this is what we're going to do. And the growth number yeah. will just follow. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And, and we, you know, our, 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 our leadership principal team, um, they're responsible for certain numbers, right? So, um, so we will, we will, um, ask them what they're comfortable with and ask them if, do they have a strategy for that? And, you know, that we don't, you know, it may take us two years working on a client to actually start to get, you know, decent volume with a client. So mm. it's, it's, it's a long play type thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, the, you know, the clients we have are, are just, they're, they're great. And, you know, they're, they're high profile in terms of, you know, national presence and the, you know, every facility wants to be a world-class facility. And so you have to support them in that mission. And so just throwing engineers at them doesn't really work, right? You have to throw a team that fits with them and that team has to, you know, learn the way they do things. And so it's, it's a process. Yeah. yeah. One of the, your philosophies is you always have to know the why. Yeah. And I want you to expand on that a little bit. Are you talking more about your employees? Are you talking about every mission of SES? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would not expect anybody that I work with, anybody on my teams to just do something because Eric told me to do it. Mm-hmm. That, right. I mean, maybe I express that sometimes <laughs> unintentionally. You forget the why. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I tell my kids that too, like, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, watching the news, which, um, <laughs> is what it is, but, and, and, and somebody says something, you shouldn't just accept it. Right. You should, you should do some independent, like, well, why? Right. I mean, you, you should accept the fact that people that, you know, there, there's a reason they do things. And if the reason isn't good, we really should be asking, you know, do we, do we redefine the reason? So we, we have a whole process with why are we doing it? Okay. It's a good reason to do it. How are we going to do it? Okay, here's how we're going to do it. So when is it going to be done? Okay, so this is when it's going to be done. And then, and then on, on the last element is what are the metrics by which we're going to judge if it actually worked? And it. so we kind of we call it a decision accelerator. Yeah, so you could call it the four W's. Yeah, we yeah, could. Just give you a new, oh. a new term. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, I'm right. Um, Director of w, Operations, Tim Washburn. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so often that is a fundamental mistake of a business leader or a business owner, isn't it? Not to really explain to the team why. why? They get in a hurry. So, you know, I, I would imagine that is something that resonates with yeah. a lot of folks. They skip that step, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I had a great young engineer um, we were talking about staffing and, you know, we've sat in a room and talked about staff. This is a continual issue with, you know, um, we kind of run a little bit like emergency department, right? Because your projects come in, you can plan some things, you can't plan other things. And, um, you know, he said, uh, and he's 
really, really smart engineer. He was like, you know, part of the problem is when we staff, the metrics that we're using to staff is is not the way they guide a rocket. Like with a rocket, you can't, and I, I have to trust him because I know nothing about rockets, but, right. but like you can't, you can't adjust course by where you have to adjust course by where it's going. Right. And so the, that was the element we were missing on staffing was we weren't t- having enough data about like the future side of it and, and, and where team loading was going and that type of thing. And so implementing that made, made that a lot better for us. So, you know, that was data that it wasn't as readily available at the time, but we kind of got that figured out now. So. Yeah. Surprise, yeah. surprise, an engineering firm wanting data. So, <laughs> Hey, we're taking a little break in the show to make sure you know about Farmers and Merchants Bank of Ashland. Not many banks have been around for 139 years, but Farmers and Merchants Bank of Ashland has. And why? Because they offer full-service business banking, and you'll always speak to a live human being when you give them a call at Farmers and Merchants Bank of Ashland. They're commercial lenders. They are more than happy to share their expertise, and to help you navigate any business financing that you may need, including SBA, TIF, or NEDCO financing. So go to fmnb.com. Right below me, you're going to see that website, or give them a call at 402-944-3316. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. (laughs) Here's something else that I think you... Um, <laughs> it's so unique about you and your leadership style is self-reflection. You know, you really believe in the power of that. Um, walk me through how that has helped you to be a better business owner and leader of your company. Yeah, I, th- well. I think, I think, you know, that's, that's an element that, you know, we have six core values and, and again, takes, uh, takes ownership, engaged, self-reflecting, positive, uh, client focused. Is that six? Um, but it inherent in the personality of an engineer is not self-reflecting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're very um, sure of themselves within their arena of expertise. And so, um, you know, disarming them and yourself and saying in this interaction, you know, did I do the best I could, right? Did I, did I express that appropriately to the client? Did I listen you know, to the client, mm-hmm. um, was it the right solution? You know, was there something I could have done better? And then, and then, and then moving that into your, you know, your next and your, in your career. I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing as a parent, you know, it's a huge thing. There's a lot of do overs. I wish I had, oh. you know, but you know, Gage was kind of like the test subject and like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> the oldest always is. <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't it? <laughs> a lot rougher on him. And he's done know. extremely yeah. well though. Yeah, you guys did great. well. He's doing yeah. great. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, here, here's something you, you emailed me and I thought, man, I've not heard this about an engineering firm, but you wrote, you wrote client focus. We are service based industry yeah. that performs engineering. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know that, I mean, that really resonated with me because again, I don't, I don't think of engineering as being that service based industry, yeah. but you guys do. Yeah. Is I, that I, unique? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to us. <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, not. I was I was talking to Jeff Parker one time yeah. and, and Parker Smokehouse. Great does restaurant. He, does, he, does he have to pay you now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's fifty bucks, thank you. So <laughs> um, and uh and he said, you know, I was asked him a question about barbecue and make a small talk, and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna tell you. Like, I'm not a, a barbecue guy that decided to have a restaurant. I'm a restaurant guy that decided to do barbecue. And um 
uh, one of the owners of a, another business in town has had told me the same thing. I know nothing basically about what I do. I know how to run a business. And so, you know, that, that's, that's what, if you put service first, like, you know, seven years of waiting tables, you kind of figure out service. And actually one mm-hmm. of our other real good uh, marketing principles in our office was as a deep, you know, experience in waiting tables. You know, if you put service first and you think about what the client needs and you, you provide what the client needs, you know, that's, you know, that's a portion of, of, of how to provide, you know, that, you know, what, what you need to do, keeping in mind that you're still a business, right? You still have to, you still have to make money. You still that's have right. to do those other things, but yeah, yeah, you have to be profitable. And, but, but here's what I love about you as well. The, the places and where you learn things, I mean, you know, you are not above sitting down and just having a conversation with another business owner who is not in engineering yeah. and pulling something from Jeff Parker and from another business owner in Ashland. Um, how do you stay open-minded to that? Because again, you pulled these things away and they sound like they were pretty profound to you, the lessons you got from them. Oh yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like you should try to take a lesson in every exchange, right? Like, like you should, you should try to, um, even like one thing that hit me, I was watching, uh, what's the, uh, the show about McDonald's. The, uh, with uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. Yeah. Batman. Uh, the founder. No, the founder? Batman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, Batman the founder. through the drive But, 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 I, but I was, I was, the whole time I was watching that, I'm like, well, <laughs> like if he would just drive there and talk to the McDonald brothers and the McDonald brothers would just be like, okay, we can loosen up a little bit. They all would have been super, I mean, he was super successful right. in what he did. But, you know, so I, I watched that movie and I came back to the office. I'm like, hey we got to learn this from this movie. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just things like that, that I, that I try to, you know, you need to internalize like when, you know, when people say something, I really, really good. I, I have HD, so I'm all over the place. But, <laughs> I love but, it. Like, it's good. A really, really good guy in the industry told me that that was the difference in his marriage with his wife was that she told him all this stuff and he didn't, he didn't take account of it. And then one day she sat down and she said, you need to internalize this. When I tell you this, it's for a reason. And he said his relationship was awesome after that. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Natalie's probably listening to be like, okay. So yeah. What lesson you take from that? Because you're not deploying that. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what lesson I take from you? You get the most out of movies. Uh, first, Michael Keaton, <laughs> Batman. You sent me an email that quoted Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. and another yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. So we'll talk about him a yeah. little bit later. But, you know, look, I said this to you coming in. You have, again, an infectious personality. People gravitate towards it. And I also imagine that you have to have that balance um, with your staff, who I'm sure adores working for you guys, and that's how you've grown. But... You, you mentioned, you know, look, there are times you have to have tough conversations yeah. and, and yeah. you really build it on two things, trust and relationships. Yep. And again, and filters. The business, and filters. Yeah. Filters is huge. Explain that. So, I mean, anybody kind of myself, you know, put yourself in a situation where you get a call from somebody in charge and they say, can we talk? I mean, what's the first instinct, right? Panic. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. <laughs> so, so, you know, there is, there is months and months and months of groundwork of relationship building and trust. And, and, you know, it's not, it's, it, it's easy to even start the kind of, my partner's great at this. He'll be like, um, I have to get, I, we have to have, you know, a tough conversation, but first I'd like to know, are you in, are you, is this a good time for you to have a tough conversation? Can, are you in the right frame of mind to have a tough conversation? And, you know, it'd be like, well, yeah, I, I am now. Now that you, now that you said that, but, <laughs> laid the groundwork. But, yeah, um, you know, just just making sure that you're that open with them. And then, and then another thing is like, um, 
you should be more invested. I don't know if you should be, but I, I am. I'm more invested in the success of the people around me than myself because I figure if I'm super invested in their success and I get them there, then by default, I benefit from that, right? So, um, you know, the, so, so you sit down and you say, before we start this conversation, you, you, we got to have some basic, you know, guide rails. And that is, I, you know, you're a valued person in the organization. You do a great job. You make 100 great decisions a day. Um, I want to make you better. And if we agree on those four things, now let's talk about what we have to work on. Yeah, that door is a lot yeah. more open, and, isn't and, it? Yeah, and, and somebody really young in the industry came back at me one time and they said, you know, you should never be afraid to have a conversation with a person if it's in the best interest of making them better, mm. right? And so if you preface that, then those conversations, which undoubtedly in management, you know, you can't always be Disney dad. You have to... You know, you Progressive have, dad, yeah. uh, TV yeah. dad, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. to, you have to have those, and and you know they're tough, they're yeah. Tough. And you th- and you stew about them and stuff, like right? That. Yeah. But I think the other thing, my guess is that you really excel at, and probably your your entire ownership team is that you know the person, right? It goes beyond just the you know the X's and O's of what they do in the business, but you know you know their family, you know their kids, you know yeah. the things they love to do on the weekend and, yep. and that you connection, do. that personal yep. connection. Yep. That's that probably that's code I mean that's what I really feel about, you know, interpersonal and coaching is connection and you can see it, right? You can see people interacting with people that have connection versus that don't and, and that, you know, that's probably a really good lesson for for people is like if your interaction is, you know, is exchange, exchange, and, and there's not a lot of, of that, you know, and it doesn't have to be just small talk, right? It can be meaningful discussions about this or that, but yeah. um, that, that really has to be there. I think I, one other um, of these that you did, I, they talked about connection was really good. So, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, one of the things you also sent me is um, you love to compete. You love yeah. the grind yeah. and you're a competitive guy. Um, you know, one of the emails or lines you sent me in the email, again, a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's one of the great philosophers. Yeah. These days. Yeah. yeah. But when you do this, yes. Austrian accent. <laughs> Cause that's what makes it great. It's like cookies from your hear, mom. I want to love. Hear. That's what makes it great. <laughs> You know, I will. I can't, but you can't. Read no, that I can't thing. do that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but you, bottom line is, look, you, you guys do grind as much fun as you have. Yeah, you it's told a grind. me, man, the office is fun, but you guys grind and you yeah, get it's, after it's it. Grind. And yeah. is that what you look for in, in every employee? And if so, how do you, how do you find that in the interview yeah. process? Because um, everyone could say they're competitive. Yeah. Right. The, I, I was, uh, I, I was, I was doing uh, uh, one of the classes at UNO and, I did it the same day that our new football coach uh, rule yes. took over. And I was, I, I said, you know, before I start this, I want to reflect on his, his uh, speech when he, when he became coach. And, and I, I said, and, and they all kind of like, we're UNO, we don't care. We're engineering. Stop talking about football. And I'm like, this is going to have nothing to do with football. It's going to have one, everything to do with emotional intelligence. Because if you, if you go back and I would challenge you, go back and, listen to what he said and how he said it is a very, very, very emotionally intelligent, you know, dis- display for, for Husker nation. And, um, and I, you know, fundamentally everything he's done since then, you believe it, right. That that's kind of yeah. person he is. So, um, that, that's what, that's what we look for when we recruit people. You know, if you, if you listen to, um, you know, people that do, uh, podcasts and, and books on hiring people, they talk about, 
um, high performer, low performer, high trust, low trust. And, you know, the, 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 you, you have to have high trust category. So, you know, we look for a high trust category. We look for emotional intelligence. If you can survive engineering school, you're probably smart enough to do, I'm proof of this. You're probably smart enough to do what we do, but, you know, interacting in an, in an emotionally charged room or a politically charged room is probably a little bit harder, harder grab for us. And then, and then, yeah, you talked about the grind, but that's, you know, that's what it is. You, you come in and, you know, you're, you, you're going to have to put in 20 hour days at times. And that's just, that's just the nature of our business. But that's another advantage that SES has, right? Because, and again, I could be wrong on this, but my perception is so many engineering firms are looking just at that GPA, right? To get you in the door. Yeah. But you're looking for that, that emotional portion as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you get, if you have a degree and I mean, I'm, the bar in that low, but <laughs> right, right. I get what you're saying. I, I just, I just, it's just not a one stop number. It's like yeah. the number doesn't necessarily stop and what that GPA yeah. is, right? You're looking beyond that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're asking questions about, you know, what, you know, what, what motivates you? What do you do for fun? You know, what kind of culture are you looking for in a firm? You know, what, what type of thing that that's really more what we're after. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I told you we're going to bounce around, but just thinking about that, we think about lessons. Don't you think there's a lot of businesses that can learn from that? That so often it's like if they don't have this, they can't work for us. Versus what's the fit? How could we teach them? How could they learn? You know, and we can, you know, maybe they don't have exactly what, you know, that that piece that we're looking for, but we can teach them. Yeah. Is there a little bit of that? Yeah. We need both. Yeah. Right. And an engineer, you must. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we have, we have some really, really, really bright, really technical people. Um, and then we have, you know, we have people that, that again, case in point, you know, that, that didn't, that didn't graduate with high, those high of, of honors and GPA. Um, but that are, are good in, a, in, on their feet. They're good in a room. They're, you know, they're good at making decisions, that type of thing. And you take the kind of the, aggregate of that and put them together and and that's what you know that's what you got and, and even on a team like when we staff a team you have to have a really solid technical expert on a team right so yeah yeah absolutely well listen i uh i want to keep going with this but then we're gonna we're gonna just pivot a little bit after this okay. next question but you also sent me something that got me to sit up in my chair it made me really think about it and and i'm gonna read it because I want you to, to walk us through it because you wrote the illusion of work-life balance versus being happy, following your passion, instead of finding something you are really good at and taking personal satisfaction from that. And you, again, quote Mike Rowe yeah. of, of, I think, Dirty Jobs, right, was the name of his. One of us, yeah, he's yeah, got, he's got yeah. lots of stuff. Out there. Yeah. So walk me through what you mean by that. We uh, had a great discussion earlier, but I want them to hear it. Yeah. Um, it so... When I, when I started my career, I was really concerned about, you know, am I taking care of all those things in my life that I need to take care of? So am I spending the right amount of time with my family? Am I spending the right amount of time at work? Am I spending a lot of, you know, the right amount of time working out and my personal health? And then am I, you know, spending the right amount of time with renewal? And, I, and I, I've told you this, but I became more stressed out about making sure that those little circles in my head were the exact same size than I was, am I happy in what I'm doing? So... Um, I found personally that that you know being being happy was was actually the ultimate metric by which I was going to judge you know that yeah. work life balance and as long as the participation that I had in my work life didn't negatively affect my family or you know my relationships with people then that's that's what it needed to be and I was very happy doing that so what I did was and, and again is um, you know the time between five p.m. and you know nine p.m. with my 
you know, relieving my wife and helping with children and all, cause she's full time also. Right. Yeah. And you're spending that time, that quality time with your family, right. Is the most important time. So that's the time that I never really budged on, but you know, I would go to work at two in the morning and work from two in the morning through that time or, you know, go and work at midnight or five in the morning, whatever. And, wow. and that worked well for me. Um, because then you were able to balance the work life a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the other side of it is, is like, you know, we need, we need all these occupations. Right. And so, you know, you, you're, you come out of school and you don't really know what you're, you're going to do. Um, you're, you're kind of good at something. So you choose a direction and, People say, follow, you know, you have to do something you're passionate about. Well, that's about 20% of jobs, right? Like, like our wives who are educators, that's something you're probably passionate about. And that's a great, you know, that's a great way to achieve success in life is to be a great teacher because you can leverage, right? All the people you teach can do great things and and you do great things by doing that and everything else. Well, I think what you're saying is, and what what we talked about before was, um, look, uh, you you take what you get. I mean, you make sure that you're, you're happy in what you're doing. Yeah. And you focus in on that versus saying, oh my gosh, you know, I have to come in at yeah. two in the morning. Yeah, yeah I'm back. Happiness. I got it back. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've picked it up so, from so, there. So, so the, the quality with which you do, you become passionate about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're, so, you know, you, you, you go out there and, and you're, you're a great accountant and because you're a great accountant, you're successful. And because you're successful, then you become passionate and you know, the lifestyle and everything that goes with it. So that's yeah. the, yeah, that's the upside. I love it. And that got me to, to just stop when I read that. Cause I think that's so important, especially for young professionals to really understand too. You know, yeah. when they get in there yeah. um, and, and ask people like that. I mean, I think young people don't spend enough time asking people like, you know, hey, I see a person like I want to be Tim Washburn. Right. So such so, a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you so do you go in and, and and just sit down with him and say, you know, what steps did you do to become, you know, who you are or something, you know, something like that? I think that's that's missing. You know, a lot of people just don't think that you're going to spend the time to do that or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you know, I love it. You also had something in here too about advice that you would give to young professionals. That was one of them, but um, you know, the eight to 10 years following graduation has high school. Yeah. I should have put high school school graduation has exponential impact on the way your life looks. I want you to expand on that. I had had a really good exchange with a, with a student who is, who, who, verbalized to me that they had, were lacking of motivation to get up and go to class and they were in engineering. And I said, well, let me just put it to you this way. Like the amount of effort that you put in, in, in this period of time, which is getting through school. And then your first five years of establishing yourself within the industry after school is directly proportional to how lazy you can be <laughs> <laughs> later on in life. Later on in life. <laughs> that is a great payoff. <laughs> and I wouldn't advocate for that, but, 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 you know, if, if you, um, if, if you put that time in, right. And, and that's, you know, that's probably the other component of after I got out of school is I took in everything I could take in. I read everything I could go. I went to all the, all the conferences I could go to. I, I worked with as many different teams in the firm I was at as I could. I took on as much project work as I could to really get great. Cause you can't skip steps. You got before you, before you go to where you need to go, you need to get really good at the technical side of kind of what you do. And so I tried to accelerate as much as possible through that. And then, um, I didn't choose a path to be lazy later in life, but, but, right. <laughs> but you definitely got that kid's attention with that line. Well, that, I promise yeah, you that. Because yeah, they, I actually got feedback that, that that actually stuck with those. I love it. I love it. 
Listen, you and Natalie, great parents. Um, and and by the way, your daughter just the other day worked with the Special Olympics in yeah. Ashland at a, at, yeah. a, at, at a track meet. She's uh, an amazing young lady helping um, you know Special Olympic athletes, and and your kids are doing great things. But one thing you sent to me, and I love your vulnerability because it's something again I can relate to um, as a former business owner and a father is. You know, not, there were times you wanted to be more patient. There were oh, times yeah. you yeah. wanted to enjoy more of that time. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you learn from that? Well, first I, I do want to recognize just the absolute unbelievable impact of Calvin's legacy foundation. Yes. That, event. That, that is, that is unbelievable. The, the impact that they've made in the community is just absolutely phenomenal. So that event was, was great. And yes. I'm glad my daughter, cause that's what she's going to go into is, is special education. So yes, it was a good, it was a good. Um, and let me just stop here for a second for folks that are watching. You're looking for a good, um, good charity. Uh, look up Calvin's legacy. Yeah. They do some wonderful things, but, um, but yeah, I'll let you pick it up from there. What was the question? Uh, they- <laughs> <laughs> See, I promise you, we were going to be bouncing around. You had said to me, "I wish I would have enjoyed." Oh more yeah, that time. yeah. I was a, I was a, um, I was, a, I was an impatient husband. I was an impatient. I, I shouldn't say was. I continue to work on on being. Uh, but you know, I, I, I didn't stop and enjoy. I, I do remember, like, with all my kids, kind of their lasts in certain things, and how much I just sat there and said, "This is last. I'm just going to, going to analyze it. I'm not going. I'm just going to enjoy it." And I, if I would have rewinded and done that a little bit, you know, earlier, I think right. I would have enjoyed things a little bit more. And, you know, you, you're things that now aren't a big deal were a huge deal and stuff like that. So, you know, I think there's, I think there's a lesson there. And then, you know, the nature of what we do is high stress and that type of thing. So you, you kind of become a little bit more, you know, used to living in the, in that type of environment. So, yeah, you could, you, you know, I, I think there's always an opportunity before you, you know, to take a step back and say, is this super important? You know, do I need to express this or how should I express this? Or So if there's like a that. piece of advice that you could give to a business owner that maybe is going through this right now, maybe they're in an upstart and they're getting going and they're feeling that sense of urgency and they're balancing everything. What would it be? Well, I, my daughter was stressed out about something when, and I, I told her, so a couple of philosophies that I always had was I may go out of business, but it's not going to be today. Right. So if you wake up and that's the first thing you say, well, okay, you don't have to worry about going to business that day. Right. So you take that stressor, uh, you know, off, off your life. And then, you know, you go in and you grind, right. You go in and you, and you are competitive. And like, if you don't, if you don't achieve success for X, Y, or Z, you don't say, Hey, we didn't win this job because it was a setup. You say, this is the things that we didn't do right to not win the job. Right. So we, we, we're going to get these the next time. Yeah. And and you just keep coming back harder and harder and harder every time. Like that's the yeah. Three and out is how we end the show. I'm going to oh, throw you three. I wasn't random prepared qu- for this. Oh, this is this is so up your alley because okay. we're going to be. I'm going to write the questions it. down, <laughs> and then Grace will give us a series yeah. of green lights. Grace, all about at, at an hour, let him know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. You ready? Do, are you going to give me all three, and then I got to answer no, uh, one at a time. One at a time. All right. Oh, this, these are tough. This aligns. Yeah. With, so. You're a product of the 90s. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan or LeBron? Who's the greatest? Uh, I have to say LeBron, but here's the reason. My son is very emotionally invested in LeBron being the best, <laughs> so I cannot say anything other than him. But, but what I fundamentally believe is that this is something that will never be solved. So people can talk about it for hours and hours and hours. It's like a time filler, right? So, 
so, so that's the real reason we do that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, we got nothing else to do today on sports radio, so we're just going to talk about who was better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's no way. For an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Until artificial intelligence can recreate, you know, both of those entities and have them go ahead. Oh, you know that's coming too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't watch basketball, though. So I, I'm a super uneducated opinion. <laughs> Well, your son is going to love you even more for that. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you love to quote I, him. I, I love, yes. Masterful yeah. actor. <laughs> I think it's thespian. I think that is the, the terminology that's, right. that's, that's right. supposed to be used. What is his best movie of all time? Um, well, it's Pumping Iron. You're pumping Iron. Yeah, the do- what documentary, I missed. The, the documentary about, about his 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 last ah. Olympia before he went back and redid the Olympia. The, the, and, and again, so that probably was pretty good. It, it is, okay, it is okay. Conan Barbarian's second. But <laughs> so, so the thing about Arnold is that um, until, until the, the recent instant, well, it's not recent, it's like 10 years ago, but yeah. until that lack of judgment and character and all the things that yes, he did. Yes, yes. Um, he was uh, one of, the, one of the, the greatest displays of discipline that you could ever see. Like he said, I'm going to move to America. I'm going to win the Olympia. I'm going to be a famous bodybuilder and I'm going to marry a Kennedy. Right. And he came in and he did those things and he you know, became governor and all of those things were a product of incredible discipline and, and vision and focus. And, you know, my instinct was to uh, win, to eliminate any and all competition, to destroy my enemy and to move on without any hesitation at all. That's, that's his quote, not Conan. Right. But you know, th- those yeah. things are, I think there's a huge lesson there. He has accomplished a ton. No, I, I mean, yeah. he honestly has. He is someone that uh, has, has, has overcome and, and yeah. has accomplished. All right, here we go. You ready? Last one. All right. Loosed meat sandwiches. We got to talk food. <laughs> or do you go with a burger? If you only had a choice, what is it? Uh, it, it would it would be a burger. It yeah. would. Yeah. No, fr- did you? Were you old enough to remember Frosty, frosty yeah. Tree? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the recipe still exists. Yeah, it it's does. It's like the Coke Vault. There's a vault in Ashland. <laughs> would you put on your loose meat? What would you have on? Uh, everything. Yeah. Oh, you had mustard. To, and, yeah. Yeah. You put Pickles the onions on too. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh man, miss it. Tasty. Was <laughs> <laughs> it deep? <laughs> Listen, you have been amazing. I knew it would be great. I, appreciate, I really um, appreciate this opportunity. Oh, listen, buddy. I, I, uh, listen, I got, as we go out, last thing. As you know, I do business coaching, so I yeah. always want to know a mentor, a great mentor, a great coach. We'll leave it on that. Who was a, whether it be business, athletics, I know you mentioned Tommy Anderson. Let's go with one other. Who mentored you in your life that you uh, are very grateful for? Probably Mark Bond. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty influential in my, in my life. He got me my first internship and coached me along the way and, you know, taught me about, you know, bringing something of value. Every time you, you go to an exchange, you show up with something of value and just a lot of lessons like that. Plus he's an incredible listener. Probably one of the, you're a very good listener. You're very intent. You, you look at people like I'm really, <laughs> do I scrunch yeah. up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I know it's tough for you because you're probably thinking of something else, but, but Mark is an incredible listener. He, he's genuinely interested and engaged and, and asks questions and so. Great person. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, you should be proud of what you've accomplished. And uh, it's amazing what you've done with SES and 100 employees, nationwide presence. The little guy from Ash, Nebraska that would get on the roof and bother his babysitter. (laughs) Look at what you've done. Uh, But congrats on your success. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a good time. Thank you. A Huda Media Production.